Sky, welcome back to DevKills. Always a pleasure. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me back. No, thank you very much, Sky. And our audience loves you. You always give a lot of good clarity on, you know, and way of just opening up on different issues we talk about and have talked about with you and check the previous interviews out with Sky above, below, sideways, wherever the icon pops up right now. So I think you'll really, really enjoy the previous episodes we had after you watch this one, of course. So <laughs> Sky, I want to bring you back on for um, this particular episode because we're going to talk about detachment. And what I, the reason I think is important really, um, you know, people are now more than ever are having heightened anxiety, depression related issues, but it's because they almost can't let go as well. Right. I mean, maybe it has to do with an incident happened in their life, a certain relationship, you know, material things that keeps them addicted something, you know, but, you know, I think when we let go of certain things and certain emotions and certain perceptions, it opens up, I think, a gateway for a certain type of bliss, whether it be momentary or it could, you know, last however long it lasts, right? But letting go of certain things that just stay stuck in our mind, weigh heavy on our body can really, I think, be a detriment to us. So I want to get your perception on that. And if you think something related to detaching from these things in our life is important and why? I do think detaching is important. And I think it's also important to keep in mind that when we detach from something, whether we're physically detaching or emotionally detaching, it's important to keep in mind that that doesn't mean that we don't care about it. And that doesn't mean that it wasn't important or valuable to us. It still can be. It's really the, the value of detaching is that we're no longer emotionally invested in the outcome. So it could be that, um, you know, after like, I don't know, a bad breakup or somebody passes away, it's like, well, that doesn't mean you have to get rid of like the relationship. It's, I mean, yes, the relationship ended, but it's like, you can still take, reflect back on it. It's like, well, what were the positive experiences? What did I learn? How did this help me grow? Like that still gets to go with us as we move forward in life. And then it's okay. Like maybe this opportunity, or this was an opportunity to help me grow and do better in my next relationship, or I have more clarity on how I want things to be different in the future. Um, and in the cases of grief, what I've recommended families or, or people do when there's a big loss, I'll, I'll use my own example just because it's relevant to the conversation that we're having. So like a, about a year ago, my cat passed away. And for me, that was a really painful, big loss. Um, and I didn't really know what to do. Like some stuff I've still held on to, like her cat scratcher, because that was meaningful to her. And that gives me positive memories. And that brings a source of comfort for me, at least for right now. Um, but some of her stuff I just put in a box and I just boxed up. It wasn't that she didn't matter. It's that it, because it felt too painful to look at. So I'm going to put this to the side just for a little bit. And six months later, it's like, well, now what do I do with it? Because I feel ready to face it. I feel ready to interact with it. You know, um, some things I ended up, you know, feeling okay with parting ways with and some things like her collar and um, like her paw prints and some other things. I made like a little collage and put in a shadow box. No, it's really beautiful. And do you think the energy is the same? Like, because there's different situations in life, right? About the way you see it, how you go through it, its outcome and whether how long you stay attached to it. So for example, let's go back to the relationship um, example you gave before. So 
when you're in a relationship and let's say it, that relationship ends, there's the energy of someone who breaks up with you because maybe they just want to get out of there. And then you're the one who gets the other end of that, like who suffers like, Hey, I didn't expect this. And now I'm hurt by it. Right. I'm just trying to hit on the point of like the energy behind this attachment issue. So how do you, in a way, healthily get through both of those kind of scenarios? And this is the same type of energy you would say, as far as when this idea we're talking about attachment and trying to quote unquote deattach. Yeah, that's a really challenging spot to be in. So I think first it's important to acknowledge, like you have to feel your feelings. It's uh, what was it? Winston's Churchill, when you're going through hell, keep going. It's like, it's important to acknowledge that we feel our emotions and, and to be present with them, but instead of pushing them away or, you know, numbing out with like shopping or substances, you know, drinking or smoking, whatever, instead of turning on to those for relief, it's really about kind of leaning in, but also working through it because I mean, yes, rejection hurts. And that's really like probably the first thing a lot of people are going to feel. It's like the pain of that, not only rejection, but then it's like, what is the meaning of this loss and, you know, kind of exploring more of those experiences and, um, and working through those pain points for some people, a lot of childhood wounds will come up because it feels like rejection from when they were younger, um, and, and doing that inner child work, you know, for some people, it's going to take just some reflection on, you know, where do I go from here? And is, is what this person said to me when they broke up with me, is that true? Is that a fair reflection? Is that a reflection of them? Or is that something I need to take into account and, and work on? And that's going to be different for every single person. So the value of detaching really helps in the sense that actually somebody said this to me, one of my spiritual mentors, her name's Gregorio. She said this, and it's always resonated with me. Burdens are only heavy when you pick them up. So really, and that's, it kind of goes circles back to our context on um, detaching. It's like, if you don't pick it up, you don't feel the weight of it because it may not necessarily be yours to take on. Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think based on the way you help your own clients and, and your, you know, uh, specialized knowledge and even experience, like you said, go through it, like the Winston Churchill quote you gave. Is it better in, in a certain way to go through it like that and suffer the pain immediately, no matter how difficult it may be, or in a way have it more moderate, like, well, like you put it off a little bit, you don't acknowledge it, kind of stays buried, and then you see you visit it at a later point in life and then you leave it again. I mean, is there a balance in between those two or is it better just to go straight through as quickly as possible? You think? I think that's really going to vary for each person. Some people are bullet trains and can go through things really quickly, really intensely. Um, I, but for other people, it's kind of that, the ebb and that flow of like, I can do some processing. I can kind of unpack some stuff. I can process, I can, you know, have a cry fest with a friend and then, okay, I can, I need to like shelve it for a little bit because I have to go back and, and return to work, move, you know, live my life essentially. So I think it really depends on each person. Some people can work through things really uh, emotionally very quickly and other people, it's going to be more of an unfolding and that's okay. Like, I mean, everybody's process is their own and it's going to be unique to them. How important is it to have personal reflection and 
kind of self-awareness of how you are because like I, I think that that's one of the biggest struggles for most people is like as far as acknowledging you know the, the pain or suffering or just something deep rooted that they don't want to touch like how, how important is it from how you help other people and teach people probably like to be able to practice that like what where's the value in trying to do as much yourself and take that action I think self-reflection is really valuable for everybody in every context of life because it's it's our way of not only connecting with ourselves and getting to know ourselves at a deeper and more intimate level. It's our opportunity to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Um, like Viktor Frankl is a man who um, eventually became a psychotherapist, but he was the sole survivor of his um, of the Holocaust. His uh, brothers, sisters, parents, and wife all passed in the Holocaust. So um, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And, and that's what we're finding in research um, on grief is that one of the, uh, a phase that's been really helping people is making meaning and finding a way to move forward with. So that experience and those people are still with you, kind of finding like the best parts, like the golden nuggets and moving forward with that. I think life throws us so many curveballs all the time. It's hard to <laughs> have too many plans, you know, um, you know, so I, I, I don't remember who said this. I don't remember if it was Socrates or so one of those guys, but um, I think one of them said that truism comes when you realize you really don't know anything, something mm. along that lines. And I've kind of reflected personally on that. I think the less I try to figure out how life is and the way to hit the mechanics behind it, the happier I am, you know? So, and just, is that also a way, the less you try to get a definitive answer on what is meaning itself and just go with what your heart tells you and how to live, you may be better off. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on each person, but as you've noticed, it's like the more present you can be, like, we're not going to be present when we're overthinking and we're in our head and we're trying to make sense of all this, because at the end of the day, like, life is chaos and we don't have as much control as we wish we would have or as we want to have as we even perceive that we have. So it's about, um, as, as you pointed out, you know, the more present you are and the more we kind of lean into the whole, like, I don't have control as much as I wish I did and come to a place of acceptance with that doesn't mean you have to like it, but coming to a place of it, just acceptance with it. It's like, then you kind of realize, okay, this is what I can't control this is what I do have influence over. And then we can kind of, it's almost like um, the energy of the universe. You know, if we keep chasing something, it's going to, it's going to be evasive towards us. Whereas like when we let go and just say, okay, whatever comes, comes and whatever needs to go, will go. Then we kind of notice things coming into our life. That's, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm trying to get out personally, you know, yeah, it's, totally. it's not easy just cause yeah, our mind, I don't know. There's something in our mind, I guess not with everyone, but in my case, for sure. I think there's like certain things where it's like, well, this has to happen or it's going to be catastrophe kind of thing. Even if small things like, Oh, well, if the, if the corner shop is not open today and I don't get that canister of coffee, I'm going to have a horrible day, which I think mm -hmm. some people might understand that, <laughs> you know, but it just, but I'm really like personally too, trying to get more on a pathway of, um, not trying like having goals, but not having dead set on expected outcome of, of anything. 
really. Mm-hmm. I mean, just doing your best and having like your heart's desire set on the energy you mo- move in that direction, but you know, just get to the end point as best you can, but just, you know, if it doesn't work out in the same way that's in your mind, then that's okay. But that that's a lot easier said than done for sure. You know, but, um, and how do you like, um, the, you know, the client, the people that work with you, your clients, like if they're, especially like with grief or relationship issues, or maybe just like physical addiction issues, whatever it may be, like, how do you personally, like with the work you do guide them through the process of like, either getting through that and going like healing through it and detaching in a healthy way. And what are those ways in which that happens? Yeah, I, that's a really valuable question. Um, for people, it, it, it's going to be a little bit different for everyone, depending upon what their, their challenges. Like, um, when I was working in intensive outpatient, um, you know, you know, we would encourage people to, you know, build a sense of community, common unity, right? So we were encouraging people to attend 12-step meetings, but also connecting with their relationship with their higher power, whatever that means. You know, for some people, their higher power, they call God or Allah or Yahweh. For some people, it could be um, their community is their higher power, you know, and that's okay. That's equally as valid and beautiful. So really, uh, it's about connect, not only connecting with community and with others and with our higher power, but also with ourselves. It's like, well, how can I find meaning and value in this when it feels chaotic? And, you know, going back to your coffee example, it's like, sometimes I think we are what we tell ourselves. If you've already decided you're going to have a bad day without your coffee, then, then you're almost setting yourself up for that expectation. Whereas if you can just say like, well, I'm going to make the best of my situation, whether I get what I want, whether I get what I need or not, I'm still going to have a good day. And, you know, keeping in mind, it's like, I've already survived every worst day I've ever had. Mindset really goes back to everything. Coffee's a big one though. You got to <laughs> That is just like a hard one to curve out, you know, but uh, that's why I try to be overly, overly planned for those emergencies, you know? So, absolutely. But, yeah. but your point's very valuable. Um, Sky, like what, I don't know. Like what is like just some general, like maybe one or two examples of ways in which, especially with the attachment again on a relationship issue, especially relationship issue, let's just hone in on that. Like what are some kind of daily practices that you would advise people and you have advised people just to really, you know, enjoy life if being really still, let's say attached to that issue of, a particular relationship or a particular situation, whatever it is, but just to help balance out that energy, like what are some things that you advise people to do? I think mindfulness and that doesn't necessarily mean meditating constantly, but really just being present and in the moment and just accepting it for what it is, how it is. It's like accepting that maybe today's a day. I just feel sad or like in this moment, I feel intensely sad and just being with that and just being present with that can can be helpful because everything changes. I mean, that's, that's kind of the comical part of life is that the only constant we ever experience is change. So I think just being present and really like being present with yourself, not pushing away, not avoiding, 
but also not overtly clinging and being like this, you know, it's like, okay, it, it came, it was here and it left. And just being with that and just kind of acknowledging it for what it is and how it is, um, that can be really valuable uh, for some people, especially if it's a, a big loss of like, you know, like a relationship ending, it's like finding a new sense of community, um, whether that's volunteer work, whether that's connecting with friends, whether that's, um, you know, going to like a, a support group or a 12 step meeting, you know, like finding a new sense of community, like supporting yourself and, and getting supports around you from people who are like-minded and who are going to like nurture you and help you nurture you back, back to where you want to be. So valuable, really, really so golden because yeah. And just having a good network around you, however small or big is just can really, really help with that i mean you have to do a lot yourself for sure i imagine but like the support people around you can play a big role for sure i can imagine so you know or just you know maybe just taking that trip after something bad happens and just go and kind of flush out that energy right away in a positive way if you can i don't know you know but at least temporarily you know so could be something really big sky it's always a pleasure to have you on i got one last question um what, what is your hope when you work with your clients as far as the way in which you help them? The way, I mean, obviously you want to see them get better, but like, what is it in particular when you work with them? It's more on the process part of it that you're hoping that they maybe realize or acknowledge as, as you're helping them. What's your hope in that regard? Yeah. My goal is always that my clients meet their goals. So that's always the intention that I set both for myself and with my client when we sit down. It's really, but at the same time, I really want people to feel heard, understood, valued, supported. So, um, you know, and, and so that way they're not dependent on me forever. It's like, I want them to have these skills so that when, you know, whenever they're at a point in the future, they've got the skill sets that they need to help themselves through that moment. That's so good. Yeah. I, and it's about that, you know, it was just like, if you're able to help someone in a way of, in that regard, help themselves. And they do actually do and have the discipline, the courage to, you know, take it on. That's bigger than, you know, anyone can imagine, you know, that can just be such an invaluable thing. Sky, where can people follow you, find out more about you, work with you even remotely if possible and where, and tell them about the big news about your practice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Arizona. So um, I am going to start October 4th. My office is opening. Um, so I'll be in Scottsdale seeing people in person. And then um, I can do remote, but I have to be within state lines. Um, I'm on Instagram. I think I'm going to change my name. Right now it's Skylight Studios, but I'm most likely going to be changing that. I think I'm going to, my practice name, I'm looking at um, Blue Sky Healing. So I'm going to hopefully <laughs> have that name and website name. Hopefully people don't steal it. <laughs> All right. Um, go steal it. Everyone hurry. Oh no. Oh no. I gotta be fast. <laughs> yeah. I gotta be fast. Yeah. Um, so that's the, I'm say the website's in progress and uh, I'm getting, I'm still working on all like the, the paperwork stuff, but uh, I was gonna say October 4th is when I'm going to start seeing people in person in my Scottsdale office. Wow. That's so exciting. So if you're in Arizona, even if you're not in Arizona, take a road trip, go out to Scottsdale and, meet sky work with sky i'm sure it'd be absolutely fantastic and something you'll definitely not regret so sky thank you so much it was an honor to have you on as always 
And we're going to make sure to include all Sky's information in the show notes, the description, the pinned comments, everywhere, as we usually do. So thank you again, Sky. And I wish everyone a great day.